And man, I'm so privileged and ecstatic to be with you on today. What's going on, fam? Got a little DMX, Lord, give me a sign paying tribute to an icon. Man, I'm telling you, woo! It was all happening back in the day, you know? We were like trying to make it right. We were trying to get it, uh, let me stop, all right. Welcome, what's going on to The Grip? Gaining relevant, innovative perspectives, and I am your host, David Anthony. Uh, D-Dub, a.k.a. Senior Servant Leader of the Greater Gas Simone. Oh, but y'all didn't feel like I could, I could, I could get that bounce right? I could, I could. All right, all right, let me stop. But anyway, I'm so excited to have you hanging out with me today, man. It's just so much going on. So much is happening. Every time we turn around, man, things are just, whoo, man. But um, if we keep on getting a good grip and holding on, man, I'm telling you, it's going to happen for me. It's going to happen for you. Everybody's going to be able to make it happen. So I'm so excited about it and everything that is going on uh, with us uh, in our country. So let's uh, continue to believe and look up and live and, you know, just have some real fun um, in everything that we do. All right. So um, certainly, uh, uh, on today, I'm so excited, man, to have uh, with me um, a guest that I believe is just going to bless us in our conversation and, and all that we do and everything that we got going on. And uh, all right. And uh, I'm so, so thrilled and excited that, to have you with me. Um, and Brother Ben, it looked like you came in, flipped upside. It looked like it flipped up on you. Yeah, something happened. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh oh. Uh, let's see if uh, we can make this just work. There we go. Uh, there we go. All right. Hey, fam, I got hanging out with me uh, Ben Henderson, who is a veteran as a law enforcement officer, decorated career. Uh, working in law enforcement, and I just wanted to have a conversation with a brother, with a friend, talk about a few things, and uh, just to see if we can build some better uh, community relationships as it relates to law enforcement and just the different things that are going on. So, Brother Ben, welcome to the grip today. And yes, I'm sir. To have you hanging out with me um, to be a part of the show and that we could get a chance to be able to dialogue and, um, and, you know, just share some knowledge, because I think sometimes one of the things that happens is that people see the uniform and they forget that within that uniform is a person. There's a person that has a family, a person that cares about their community, a person that cares about right and, and justice. And so without having that conversation with them, you never know what their heart is and uh, never know what they are thinking and, um, and so, hey, I hope today that we can be able to do that in this conversation and dialogue that we're going to have. So let's jump right in, Brooklyn. Tell me what, what, I mean, out of all the stuff that you could have decided that you wanted to get involved in career-wise, man, tell the Griff family, how, how did you, how'd you land in law enforcement? How did that whole thing happen? Because I know when you were in school, you know, people like lawyer, yeah, doctor, yeah, you need to get all this stuff. What, what was it that prompted you to decide to be involved in law enforcement? Well, you know, I feel like 
I found law enforcement found me. I didn't find it. Um, okay. Okay. I had a lot of experiences as as a young 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 man, a, a child. My father was a school principal. Okay. And um, you know, I was behind the scenes, you know, in the basketball, football games, and you know, you always had officers and deputies working those games. So I got an opportunity to really interact with them uh, on a level that wasn't action being taken. It was just on a, hey, how you doing? You know, playing around. And I got to know them as individuals. And, you know, as a little boy, you kind of look up to them. You see all the, the gear and the shiny badges and things of that nature. So I started off with a good relationship with uh, law enforcement officers. And as I got older, you know, um, I worked as a manager at a recreation city pool and they would come and check on me and I just interacted and had positive interactions. So uh, as I'm trying to find myself as a man and adult, I ended up in uh, being a detention officer with the Gaston County Sheriff's Office. I got you. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I'm hearing you saying that, and I think this is so important, Grip family, um, uh, when we start talking about modeling before our kids in the community positive images. You saw those positive images and, and they had an impact on your life, right? Correct, correct, correct. Right. And I, and, I, and I saw that as something that I would like to do. I wanted to make an impact on another uh, individual's life as well like they did in mine. Wow. And so I think that's so important because sometimes I think we, we miss how people launch their careers, how they get involved in some of the stuff that they're in. Uh, essentially because somebody else allowed their lives to be seen and it was positive, it was nurturing, it was mm -hmm. upbeat. And so you were like, man, I think I can do this, man. Yes. I think I can do this. So what was the experience like being um, um, a detention officer? What? How did that piece kind of unfold for you? What was that like? It was like doing time. <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you would go in, you know, six in the morning, get out six in the evening, like, uh, wow, you know, that was a shift. Right. And I got you. you. Yeah. And uh, you did that so many days a week. It was like you doing time uh, with the inmates. But, you know, you're on the other side of those uh, those doors. Right. Uh, but it's 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 an interesting environment, but necessary. So you're a detention officer. Okay, let me get, see if I can get my head wrapped around it. So you go in at 12 and you stay locked up with them for 12 hours. Correct. Wow. So that means anything that jumped off on that shift, you uh, had to be able to handle and deal with it. Yes. Wow. So um, if you could, was there any, did you ever have an experience that you were like saying, you know what, I don't know if this is for me. You know, something happened. You was like, "Oh no, I think I think I'm ready to check out of this right here of being in that environment for that long period of time." It, it's very difficult. Um, you know, you you know, you're not seeing the sun. Uh, everything is high security. You you're constantly having to watch, look around, uh, be on alert. Um, some of the things you see, some of the type of individuals they come in. Uh, it's pretty rough, but, you know, you find out real quick, is this for me or if it isn't? Uh, and okay. I found out, <laughs> you know, um, it was something I could handle. Okay. 
Okay, that's that that's that's cool because I mean I'm just saying in my mind, you know, locked up for 12 hours, no sunlight, you can't leave because I mean it ain't built like that. So that means you take your lunch, you take your break, whatever you do, it's all right there, right where they are. Because you're yes. not going it, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere till that next shift come on. Till that next shift come on. And then you're able to breathe some air. And I'm I'm sure many days you said, Thank God there is a God in heaven. <laughs> watching over me so that oh, yeah. I can be able to walk up out of this place and not end up being in this place um, and making that happen. And so I'm sure you hear all kinds of stories and all kinds of things when you were in there. Everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to share what's on their heart and, and what's going on with them. And uh, you always probably hearing the, uh, the stories, when I get out, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do better. And I'm gonna go forth for making that happen, and and how did that impact you? Did you did you find that impacting you a lot? Like hearing, like man, this this cat really wants to do better. This 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 man, he he really wants to get things on the up and up. Did it? Did that move you at times, or did you just find like, oh man, they just blowing smoke and they just saying stuff? Well, you know, first of all, it it made me appreciative of the grace and mercy that was extended to me in my life. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, as a young man and we're not as mature and we're making decisions and we're finding our way in life. Uh, we don't always do everything right. Gotcha. And it was several instances where I could have found myself in the same situation. So that's where the empathy and, and being humble and understand that people do make mistakes. Hmm. Uh, it, it was some that would, you know, they would say that and two weeks later, a month later, they're right back looking at you, you know, but and you still have to try to be therapeutic in those situations and still be positive and encourage them to do better. Right. I got you. And so a part of who we are is just humanity is just recognizing, uh, as you said, that grace and mercy that God has extended to us um, and recognizing that that grace that he has given unto us. It also can be extended unto others. And the only thing that separates us is opportunity. And so, right. I mean, that's just so powerful. So you left from being a detention officer and you moved on in your career. And so no longer inside the four walls of 12-hour shifts, you, you're looking at the sunlight and the trees and the, and the blue <laughs> skies. And how right. did that come about? Right. Well, being in, those, being in, in the jail for 12 hours, uh, as a detention officer, you had to go to school to become uh, BLET, basic law enforcement training. You had to, there's a difference. Right. A detention officer couldn't carry a firearm. Okay. Uh, but you would go to BLET and uh, get certified to carry a weapon. And that's when you, you transition from a detention officer to a deputy. Okay. And you illegally by the state of North Carolina can carry a weapon. Gotcha. So my my motivation was I was tired of doing those 12s ah, uh, in those, in bro, those walls. <laughs> yes, sir. So I, I got myself together physically and mentally to go back to school, get that certification. And from that part, I ended up in the court division for five years. And then I transitioned to Belmont as a police officer. Wow. Wow. I, I was just thinking about something. I know uh, I had to go visit someone, clergy. And uh, this is when they had the old, the old jail, and I had to go visit. 
And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you probably remember, you get on the elevator to go up. And uh, so I got on the elevator, uh, downtown Gastonia, got on the elevator to go up. And man, it was just going so slow. I mean, it was just creeping and creeping and creeping and creeping and creeping to get up. And it, and it, then, it, then it stopped and it just hung there for a moment. And I'm sitting here saying to myself, Lord Jesus, what in the world is going on? And I mean, it had to be a good two or three minutes before that other side of that thing actually opened up, you know, for me to be able to um, um, have this, this visit to where they were taking me to be able to go. And, um, and I, I'm just thinking about that experience when you talked about that 12 shift of, you know, everything that was racing through my mind. And I say that to my group family is that I, I was really just making that point to say, appreciate what God is doing in your life and where you are right. because things and situations could be so much worse. And we hear these young cats talking about it, it don't matter. You know, I'll do it. I'll just, and all this other kind of stuff. And it's a different thing when you get behind it and you can't go nowhere. That's right. That's um, right. And, and it makes it so completely, completely different. So tell me, uh, you're in uniform, you out there on the on the streets and things, you're uh, an African-American male. Um, do you, how, how, how do you think that the, the community really perceives African-American officers, um, especially people of color um, uh, and, and things of that nature? Because if for some reason or another, we, we've got a tear in our relationship. What, what, was your, what was your reception like when you started announcing, you know, I'm gonna be out here, you know, um, patrolling these streets and trying to, you know, make sure things stay peaceable and calm so people can sleep at night. Uh, well, it was quite an experience, uh, but the jail prepared me uh, because you had all types of walks of life that came to the jail. Gotcha. Um, you know, it was rough because, you know, you got that uniform on, they, they calling you, you know, from the black community, you a N-word, I mean, from the white community, you are N-word with a badge. Wow. I heard that several times. You wow. just say- so when you heard that you were an N-word with a badge, man, what was the first thing that went through your mind when you, when you started hearing that? That was like crazy, right? Doc, doc, you know, that the first time I heard that, you know, it, some, something ran all through me. Ooh. Uh, but it, it made me who I am today when I got out here uh, in the actual streets of our communities. Right. And then on the other side, uh, I was called Uncle Tom ah. from the black community. So, you know, you catching it from both sides as a black officer. Wow. So you were in with a badge and then you're Uncle Tom. And all the way you really find the pieces when you go home and you take that uniform off and you with your family. And I'm and, with my family. And you with your family because when, when people see you in that, you either in with a badge or you Uncle Tom. Right. Wow. But it, it thickened my skin mm -hmm. uh, because of course in the jail, there's no weapons. You know, okay. it's a controlled environment. Right. Um, so, you know, you can, you can manage yourself a little bit better. Gotcha. But, but once you get out here in the community, uh, anything can happen. Uh, weapons become a part of, of, of the dynamics. Um, 
all sorts of things. So it, it, it strengthened me, but that was a battle I had to have uh, and it formed me. So when I got out on the streets uh, and in the community, uh, I was well prepared for any kind of response I would get from any race. Gotcha. I got you. Well, let me let me just let me jump this right in here like this because I'm I'm hearing this right now. So that means you leave your house every day, and how pressing was the thought? I could die today, or I could die tonight. It's every day. Every day. It's every day. Uh, but you know, being a man of faith, I, I put on the the whole armor mm. every day. Wow. Um, you know, uh, I I have a spouse that is. Um, very compassionate. She loves me. Uh, she's she's praying for me. Uh, I take all those things with me that empower me to do the job. Gotcha. But every day when I get in my patrol vehicle, uh, and we say this uh, in the law enforcement community, it's like a target. Mm. You you are well identified, and those that are not comfortable or appreciate the police. Uh, you can't hide. Right. No, no. You pull up in that car in that uniform and die, you very well recognize. Right. Without a right. Well, let me say unto you on behalf of the Grip family uh, and so many others that I know, um, Brother Ben, we appreciate you putting your life on the line so that we can sleep at night and that people can be protected, children can be protected that uh, domestic violence doesn't end up to, with people being in the grave. Um, we know sometimes that it doesn't always work out that way, uh, but essentially, I want you to know we appreciate you uh, because if you know any of us could lose our lives with anything, you could just get in your car right now and I could go out here and turn left on the street and a car hit me and I'm gone. But when you, when, when you put your life out there like that, knowing that your job has a higher rate of, of opportunity that you may not make it home or that phone call may come. I just want you to know that we appreciate you and, and kudos to you and your family. And we will continue to always pray with you. I, I wanted to get that in before. Um, Thank you. Further, man, just so that you would be able to know that. So, so tell me, we've got this torn relationship. There's stuff, um, there's a plethora of things that, you know, we could get into, but I think this really sits for our community and our, our regional area. Um, in, in your eyes, how, what's a step towards building better um, community relationships? Because you've, you've already said that you're inward with a badge, um, your Uncle Tom. So there's a rip in the community just with perception um, to some extent. As you have been doing this job from coming from the sheriff's office to the police department, what is something that I can share with the Grip family today that says, okay, um, this, is a, this is one of the way, one of the building blocks to make some better relationships? Better relationships with the community. Um, Doc, it's a courtship. Mm. It, okay. it's, it's similar to the relationship that, for me, that I had with getting to know my, my savior. Gotcha. It was a courtship. Gotcha. I heard about you, now I've met you, now I've gotten to know you, I've spent time with you. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when I needed you, you were there. 
Uh, it's the same thing with, I think, with, with policing and the thing that drew me to policing, experience, life experiences, a courtship, uh, spending time getting to know uh, one another. Uh, a lot of people in the, in the community, the only time they've come into contact with a police officer is maybe getting pulled over. Nobody likes to get pull, pulled over. Right. Uh, getting a ticket or you had to call because uh, it was a, a hostile environment in your home or you had to see someone that was hostile in your home that you love. Right. You know, and even though you all had a disagreement, we are still taking that individual away from you. Right. And the only time you come in contact with the police in those situations is going to form uh, a not so good of a relationship. So when things are cool and things are great, we need to spend time with each other, getting to know each other as individuals. Um, I often tell people the uniform doesn't make me, I make the uniform. Wow. It, it's the character of our officers is which is what's going to develop a great relationship in our community. Wow, that's powerful. If you're just joining me on the day, this is David Anthony with the grip of God. Uh, ben Henderson uh, with me, a longtime law enforcement officer, and he's just walking through some things that would help us. We're talking about building better community relationships, and I'm thankful for him coming on. And I'm saying to you, Grip family, if you're hearing me on today, let's pray uh, for our officers um, and just uh, encourage them because they put their lives on the line. Um, you know, day in and day out so that we can sleep at night and to make sure that, you know, there's some sense of civility out here in these streets. And so we, we appreciate that and, and, and being able to, um, to go forward. So you started talking about character and character building, bro, doesn't start when you become a grown man. Is that right? Exactly. It has a lot to do with your upbringing, your morals, your, your, you know, your faith, uh, the disciplines that you have in your life, uh, how your community has formed you as an individual. Have you been a closed off individual or have you been someone that has experience with various individuals that include sex and race and uh, different dynamics as far as, uh, you know, wealth and lack of. Right. Uh, you need to, you can't be in a bubble you know, and then expect to be thrown out here in the world and you've had no experiences with different walks of life. Wow. And, uh, and without that, then you, you have that um, uh, relationship that then becomes torn and severed. So then when you do have to show up, it's already escalated to another level. Exactly. I mean, you can't expect everyone to see life through just your lenses as an officer. Wow. We have to be able to, you know, get on scene and, and take a survey of what's going on and the dynamics of where we are and who we're dealing with. And, and I can't be locked in on just who Ben is. And if I've, I've not had many life experiences, mm -hmm. uh, it can hinder me on my decision making when getting out with individuals. Right. Right. Uh, because I, I think a lot of times you know, character leads to then how we make judgment calls. Um, and, and, and that's, that's one of those things that I think is so, is, 
is key. It's what I'm hearing you saying that when you were in the detention center, you learned to be able to study individuals and, and go forth. And sometimes they turned out to go forth and do what they said. And then sometimes they didn't. Um, right. Sometimes you had them pegged right. And then sometimes you were just absolutely dead wrong with them because they winded right back where they weren't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it just made it tremendously challenging. So, I mean, I, I, I appreciate the fact of you, your stance with your faith because I think that that helps us when we have to be able to go forth. Because I believe, I, I'm thinking at the end of the day, you want whatever's going on to be resolved so everybody can go back to doing what they needed to do in a peaceable way. Right, right. Uh, you know, I try to stay out of the, the lane of judgment. You know, yeah. my, my job was to provide a service. Wow. To keep individuals safe, right? right? To provide them what they need to get through their experience. Uh, it, it wasn't my job to um, impose my thoughts and feelings about what these, I had to remove all that and just serve those who were in my custody at that time. It's the same thing also in the jail as outside the jail. I, we can't show up as officers with judgment. Wow. We, know the, we know the law, we know what's expected, and we as officers always have to be on a higher level uh, no matter what the situation is. Uh, and, and I personally try to not necessarily bring people up to my level, but meet them where they are and, and hopefully uh, get them to that point. Well, exactly. I, think, I think that's powerful because what something you just said was, then I've got my character, but I got to put my judgment about it to the side. And when I, when I roll up, um, my job is to provide a service. And, yes. and as, as I provide that service, I'm helping the people who are involved and I'm also helping the community. Um, Correct. And, and I think that's just so essential. Uh, that's a powerful insight for us today, a perspective today, because that, that helps us see, okay, when you show up, you're, you're coming to provide a service. You know, you, you're not coming um, to get trounced upon, but I'm trying to provide a service. And I mm-hmm. want everybody to be able to go back you know, if it was a neighborhood barbecue that went wrong, I, I'm trying to come provide my service so everybody can go back to being the grill masters that they claim they are, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and have a good time uh, yes. without something else, you know, jumping off later on. Let me shift gears on you a little bit here. I know that you have probably been asked this question tons of times about, you know, your uh, feelings. What were your thoughts uh, about George Floyd um, when this uh, situation just uh, brought heartbreak and and rolled through not just the United States but the world? Um, and how how did you respond to people? Because I mean, you know, I keep going back to the names that you've been called, but then somebody's asking you what you thought about it, and and how did it make you feel? in terms of, let's put it in this context, the service that you still now have to provide? It it was tough. Uh, That situation wasn't the first time, you know, that we've experienced that in the the United States and in our community. Um, You know, you can't get around it. It's a hot subject. Uh, Black males, dying encounters with the police 
Right. Um, it was very difficult uh, in, in that situation because it was live, almost like live TV. Right. Uh, and, you know, I shed a few tears when I saw it. Wow. 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 I shed a few tears uh, because we see the community as our family. You know, Floyd, I see him as a, a family and someone that looks like me. But I also see officers who we are considered as family as well. Gotcha. Uh, you serve with each other. You spend a lot of time with each other. And there's a family bond that comes there. So it's no different than when one of your family members does something that you know is not right. Gotcha. You still love them, but you know it's not right. Right. Um, so I was extremely torn. It's, it's one of those times where you do look at your profession and, and you do a gut check, you know. Right. Is this something I want to continue to do? I got you. It's real. Right. Right. But it, and, then, and then you have to bring that home to your family and you got to process that with your family. Then you got to process it with your fellow officers. Then you got to process it with the community where you're supposed to be serving for that day. Right. But yes. And, and that officer that uh, kneeled on his neck, he has that uniform on. So when I'm in the community, people don't see me. They see that uniform and right. they're angry and they're frustrated. Right. So it, it puts you on the edge as an officer that, you know, that day you riding around, we always on eight, nine, but on that day you on 10, 11 the next day, because you're still trying to process it in all the emotions. Right. Um, but what I told people was it wasn't right. It goes against all the training that I personally have had. And right. it goes against, uh, my nature as an individual, as a human being, right. uh, to you know, because once you have a subject in custody, your amount of force is supposed to stop right then. Mm. And Mr. Floyd was in custody at that time. And, and see, that's what we have to understand as officers. In custody means it's my responsibility about your care once you're in custody. Right. I can't see where that officer displayed that. Right. Right. And that's a part of the thing that then when you live it and with other officers as well who lived it. And I'm sure that you had some officers who were not African-American, not people of color, who also chimed in and said to you in you all's conversation, this is not how we've been trained. This is not how we go forth. And I think that's that's a part of the narrative that that has to continue to be sung, that people have to be able to know that. We're not the only ones that were outraged about it. Right, exactly. Uh, my chief, Chad Hawkins, uh, he did a briefing after that happened, and he showed just as much compassion uh, for Floyd, and he he used it as a teachable moment, and he expressed himself. If you display that type of behavior as an officer, it's going to be a problem. Wow. It's going to be a problem. But, but it is tough and, and it's ongoing. It's ongoing. It, it, it's, it's difficult. Right. That's why I said there's a plethora of things that, that just keep <laughs> right on going on and, and happening. But I think it goes back to what we established um, very early in, uh, in the uh, uh, podcast on today uh, talks about character and 
that character helps you to be the person you are to be able to serve. And I think that that is what's so critical about what's going on. You helped me to be able just to look through that lens with you today that says that when you roll up in these streets, you're showing up to be able to help serve, you know? Yes. And that's, what's, that's what we need to be able to know when we see them, when they're run, when they're in their cars and they're going to different places and stuff, they're going somewhere to serve. They're going to make sure that nobody loses their life, that peace comes to that community and that situation. Um, and so on, on, in, in your, on your perspective, for the lens uh, of the officer, um, there was a recent incident, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure that you have probably seen it, where the lieutenant colonel gets stopped, and, um, and they're showing all the dynamics of the video of what's happening in this traffic stop. Help, help my young colleagues, my young friends, um, you know, my, my, my boys, um, you know, help, help me just a minute. W what are some things? We're talking about building better uh, relationships. What are some things that we need to know from you that we need to do when we get stopped like that, that would help make situations not end up like that one? Well, I was in agreement with the soldier getting to a well-lit area. Okay. You know, how far you go, I mean, we have to, we, we have to do things that's reasonable. I don't know how far he drove right. to get to a well-lit situation. Gotcha. Uh, but that was a good thought of his. Um, turn on your flashers. You, if you feel like you're going to have to go a certain distance, if someone turned on their hazards, right. that, that's going to let me know, I see you, I'm acknowledging you, and I can begin to formulate in my mind as an officer, okay, he's recognizing that I'm trying to pull him over gotcha. and he's not fleeing. Gotcha. Gotcha. If, if you know Go ahead and call 911 and talk to dispatch. Hey, I have an officer behind me with blue lights. I'm just trying to get to a well-lit area. Right. And, and that, uh, that dispatcher can come over the radio and let the officer know, hey, I just spoke with the driver. Are you behind this vehicle? They're just trying to get to a well-lit area. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. So those are some good nuggets right there. Get to a well-lit area. One, turn on your flashers. Uh, be be considerate about how far you're going, though. But turn on your flashers. Call nine one one and let them know what kind of situation that you're in. All of those things help to what deescalate what's going on. Correct. I believe he had his uh, Thursday tag up in the window. He did. Yeah. Well, well, that's a tinted window, right? You know, and at night we're not going to be able to see that. Right. Um, which takes me to make sure everything on your vehicle is up to state regulations. Mm -hmm. um, make sure your tags and everything is current and everything it takes to operate a vehicle in your estate, in your community is legit. Right. That's going to take a lot of attention off of you. Uh, once you're stopped, if it's at night, you don't want to be doing a bunch of moving around and, and things of that nature. Tur turn your inside lights on so the officer can see what kind of movement and who's in the car. Right. And when that officer gets to your door or your vehicle, um, make sure that he can see your hands and listen for his instructions. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Now it's it. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm following you. Now it's some things that we as officers are supposed to do. Okay. When I stop, when I stop that car, I'm supposed to identify uh, who I am, which agency I work for, why I and why I stopped you. And oh. yes, sir. Okay. So, so you know, in the in the so in the in the past of me telling you, I'm supposed to be finding out why I got stopped. Correct. Because wow. it, it keeps the situation that we saw uh, from happening. Hi, Officer Henderson, Belmont Police Department. Uh, Ma'am, sir, I pulled you over for not having a proper display tag. Right. And that's going to eliminate some of the back and forth and the risk uh, between a citizen and an officer. Gotcha. 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 So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for these points uh, that you're giving us of grip family. I hope you are gathering these and you'll share that, that, you know, going to a well lit area is a good idea. Uh, if you got to travel up trying to get to the well lit area, then, hey, put them flashes on. Don't be afraid to call 911 and share with them what's going on and follow through with what needs to be done. When you get there, turn on your interior lights. And make sure that when the officer approaches your car, they can see your hands. I mean, and, and those things, I think all of that right there helps to de-escalate situations so that, hey, everybody can get home at night or everybody can get home that afternoon. Because that, that's what I'm all about. I'm, I'm about everybody getting home. Right. <laughs> you know, rain, shine, sleet, or snow, winter, <laughs> summer, spring, fall, it don't matter. I want everybody to get home get home safe. Absolutely. That's what we all want. And right. one another thing that I tell people all the time, the side of the road is not the courtroom. Ah. It's, the, it's the side of the road. Ah. The authority that officers have is going to be, that officers have, it's going to be absolute on the side of the road. But that's how our society has set it up. Wow. Wow, you know. that's, that's an interesting point. So the 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 side of the road is the side of the road. Yes. Okay. Not the final word, but at that time, that officer is in charge. You can't get around it, and you can't get around it. And and no. and you going back and forth with them on the side of the road is not getting ready to help your situation because they're not that. That's not the final destined place for this situation. But it is uh, the place where this is going to play out, and the person who's going to be in charge is going to be that officer because they're the ones that pulled you over. Correct. Now, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be reasonable as officers, and again, that goes back to character. Right. Uh, but it has to be that way, and we sometimes have to put ourselves uh, in an officer's shoes because you may be upset about me stopping you and going through my, my procedures to identify who you are in the vehicle. Right. But if someone had just stolen your vehicle, you want me as an officer to find your vehicle and deal with that individual. So those, these are the things that I have to do so that I can get your vehicle back to you if right. it was stolen. Gotcha. So you want me to have that authority then when I'm trying to obtain your property? 
but we sometimes as citizens don't want that same authority when it comes to us. It's a very hairy situation and it goes back to the relationships. Right, right, right. Building the relationships, knowing who who people are and knowing what's what's going on and um, us just, just getting in the mindset of, um, of trying to make sure that we don't make more out of it than what it is. Correct. And that's what I wanted to bring to you all today, Grip family. I, I wanted to have uh, Ben Henderson on so that we could just have a conversation about building better community relations because I believe we, we've got to be able to make that happen. We've got to be able to know the people who are serving in our communities and they know us, we know them so that we can have some better understanding of how these things are going forth. And uh, you shared some powerful stuff um, with us on today about just how to work out of situations. Grip, if you didn't get nothing else, just that <laughs> putting those flashes on and calling 911 and uh, making sure that you put your hands where they can be seen. That I mean, that that's that's uh, those are big ticket items right there just to help us be able to um, to go forth and, and making it happen. In your opinion, as we get ready to get out of here today, in your opinion. Um, what, how do you see this thing going, going forward? Do you, I mean, because it seems like every day something is happening, social media has got it. It is all over the place. I know you, you see this stuff and hear this stuff. Does that impact the job? You know, do you see a different impact in the job with social media now than what you saw when you were just coming into this as a, as a detention officer? Absolutely, um, because it's one thing for me as an officer to go through a situation uh-huh. and you you see it one time in your mind. Right. That's enough alone because sometimes you want to unsee some things. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you want to unsee some things. And now the way that it's being played over and over again and we can Monday morning quarterback and it's, it's going to um, create a fear in, 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 in individuals and it's going to do something to those of us who, has to, who have to protect and serve. Right. Um, but I think it's necessary. Uh, I, we have body cameras uh, at the Belmont Police Department and um, they tell the truth. The cameras don't lie. Right. Uh, it's the third yeah, I mean, we've had citizens that um, don't always tell the truth and they're trying to paint a picture of an officer or a certain stop of situation. And it's, it was totally different. And then, when, you know, when supervisors review the cameras, they can totally see that is not exactly what happened. And, you know, uh, it can have an officer's career in jeopardy. Right. Uh, and we have to recognize as a community that there's a camera everywhere. Wow. And that's just the, the, the place in life that we are in. But I think it's necessary. Um, yeah. Social media is wide open. Yeah. And I think it's necessary because it's going to protect you. And it's also going to protect the community. Um, mm-hmm. Because before, before you all having all that, uh, some of everything's going on. And, you know, I, I think to that end, a lot of the cop shows and a lot of stuff that we see on TV doesn't really help 
situations. Um, right. In, in terms of everything that's going on uh, and making that happen, just sim simply crazy. We're going to end on this note um, and blessings to you. So I understand your son is, is now a, a police officer. Bruh, I mean, <laughs> how in the world did that all come about? I mean, you know, you detention, you go to the police department, you see the blue skies and the trees patrolling these streets. And then your son decides um, to be able to step in your shoes and create legacy for you in this career. How'd that make you feel? It was an honor. Um, I didn't see it coming. Um, you know, we talked about it. Uh, he showed the interest. Uh, <laughs> it blew me away, Doc. It, it really did. I mean, I, I was proud. It said a lot to uh, what I've modeled in his eyes. Okay. Um, yeah, he's that, hurt. that you, that he saw, it's like going back to the earlier thing you said, he saw you in that uniform and he said, wow, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and my father, uh, for a brief stint, got into policing. Okay. I mean, and it's a whole nother story, but when he policed, he could only police in his community. Wow. But he couldn't police the other community. Wow. Okay. You know? I mean, and so it's, I guess it's a family thing, but that's a whole, it's a whole history to policing. But I think moving forward, Doc, gotcha. uh, making sure our departments are diverse. And that's what I was excited about my son. And there's another friend of mine that I influenced to get into law enforcement, uh, Sam Dunlap. He's okay. with Belmont now. That's one of my goals and visions to get more of us into this field uh, so we can diversify our police departments and better serve the entire community. Right. But I'm excited about my boy. Y'all pray for him, please. My wife can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, uh, just after the day, I'm sure you have picked up some more prayer partners and uh, some more individuals are praying for you. Again, uh, on today, bro, man, man, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm grateful that uh, you decided to drop by the grip today, <laughs> hang out with me just a little bit, and share your story. How? Yeah. Uh, listen, grip family, let us treat those that serve us and help us sleep at night. Some more honor, some more respect, and uh, take the nuggets that you've got and uh, make them work. All right? So, Ben, thank you so much for joining me today on The Grip, man, and we'll be hollering at you. Much love, peace to the family and to your son. Once again, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate you, too. God bless you. Yeah, man. Take care. Have a great day now. All right. All right. Later. All right. Peace. All right. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me today on The Grip. Gaining relevant, innovative perspectives. I am your host, David Anthony, aka uh, Senior Servant Leader of the Greater Gas Sam Amazon Church. And man, uh, we'll check it out, man. We'll see you the next time. All right, peace, 